Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. Coach Weaver, welcome back to the classroom. I'm excited for a new topic that we're going to share with listeners and uh, kind of building off old ideas, but always bringing a fresh spin to it. Yeah, there's some some new things that have happened and transpired within our football team I'm excited to share. Um, and then you put this idea, I think it was early September, I think, like about two weeks ago you shared this idea with me uh, that we're going to get in today. And I think it's going to help coaches kind of framework some stuff that deals with uh, hashtag winning. Yeah, right, because that's, the, that's our job, right? I mean – I'm a Husker fan, like Scott Frost just recently fired, and it's not really anything that he did that's blatant. It's just the inability to win games, especially close games down at the end. I mean, zero, zero key wins. And so, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I know it's not about winning for us, but we have to win in order, like you have to produce, and you can't just keep living in this proverbial wasteland where you don't win. So at the end of the day, it's about making better informed decisions and uh, hopefully that produced wins. Yeah, there's. I start thinking about moral victories and as a coach, how many times do you like hearing the word moral victory? It's like, oh, we lost, but we can learn from this and do this. But that's um, like you said in the college game, you better win. It's like Auburn right now. Their, their coach after the Penn State game, we're going to go back and look at different things. We're going to even go look at how we do practice. Well, you're that far gone. You got to go that far back and you're in the SEC play and now you have to go look at how you're practicing. So uh, interesting topic we're fixing to share. And then um, we got something else coming down the pipe with some culture and unit identity that I've made a pivot on that I'd love to share with you as well. No, it's awesome. So all of our conversations start either from real life experience, which you're going to share with your team here in just a moment, or out of what we read and and what we talk about together. And the first thing that I want to share uh, is out of a book that I'm reading. I'm reading Jack Youngblood's book, Blood, right now. And for those of you avid readers out there, um, I don't even want to tell you what I had to pay on eBay because there's like less than 200 copies in circulation right now. And so my wife was not happy with me when I bought this book, but I mean, it's Jack Youngblood. So come on, like, give me some of that old nostalgia NFL. And uh, for those of you that maybe are a little bit too young to realize who Jack Youngblood is, he played in a Super Bowl on a broken leg. So toughness is kind of his MO. He played in 201 consecutive games over the course of 14 seasons, uh, winning that Super Bowl with the Rams. And I mean, his name is Youngblood. It doesn't get as iconic as that in a lot of different ways. And so he, you know, the book is Blood and it's his autobiography and it's been out of publication for a while, but I paid a lot of money on it. And in the first few pages, it talks about this balloon, right? Like he talks about being drafted um, in the first round out of college and he's going to go to the NFL and make $21,000 a year in 1971. And, uh, And then he's getting married. And so he goes, all this is happening in my life because he's 22, 23 years old. But inside of him, this balloon started to grow. It it was a balloon of football, right? And winning and culture. And the more he inflated the balloon, 
the more everything else got shoved to the side that was happening in his life. Hmm. And I think that's a great analogy because you and I are culture drivers, right? Like we're culture people. We study it. We, it's dynamic. The, the balloon is dynamic. It constantly, constantly is inflating or deflating. Right. And so whatever you fill that balloon with or however full you make that balloon, it's going to push other things around what's happening in your life or in your program aside. So if culture is the thing that's inflating, then all of a sudden the winning and the other things don't matter as much because the culture is inflating. However, if culture is deflating, then other things matter more because there's more space and that balloon contracts uh, instead of expands. And I just really like that analogy because at the end of the day, we all have the same 24 hours. Mm-hmm. We, a lot of us do the same types of things in our programs. So the biggest difference is what do you emphasize and what gets pushed aside as a result of that emphasis. Wow. Now that you put it that way, it's a little different talking via text. And then we start frameworking it to, I mean, your three words, surrender the outcome. But what, what matters most is kind of what, what I pick from that. And what matters most is, is culture. So I think P.J. Fleck, right? I think um, all the culture and the balloon that was so big when he first took the job at, at Minnesota. The winds weren't coming. Then the wind, like he had to focus on getting a better staff or getting this staff and producing and recruiting and getting these. So, I mean, the balloon, and I think in pictures, right? Some people think in words, I think in pictures. The balloon is like one of those little bouncy ball balloons that you had when you were a kid. And the more it's inflated, the more it bounces back to you. And when it deflates, it's not as much of a push. And I think about that balloon inside of us. If your program's predicated on just winning, there's not enough room anywhere else inside that balloon to do anything. Like it's just winning and winning and winning. And that's why I said hashtag winning. Like, is it all about that? Um, the other thing I think about with the balloon and how it grows inside of us is how much of an do we spend encouraging? Like I think about just pause for a moment for high school kids since we're in we're in the we're in week seven you're probably in week five week six right week five and I heard I heard Rachel James uh, and I forgot her maiden name but she spoke to our girls cross country our girls soccer team um, Lauren Stratton who was just on the previous episode spoke to her soccer team yesterday and said their team goal their biggest one at UNC when two-time national champs all that stuff played on the national team, said it was care for the hurting. And she said it was that because think about times when you were lonely because you were injured, you were separated from the team. And I think about this balloon. Think about people on your team, what are they feeling, like what's their balloon filled with? Not just as a coach. I'm starting to think about players now, of us being encouragers and leading young men. Um, Or if you coach a women's sport or leading young women, like, what is in our balloon, and what are we blowing in the balloon for them to be blown up? I mean, I know that goes deep, and that's kind of oh, a, a no, weird deal, but, like, what are we – how are we helping kids fill their balloon? You know, your care for the hurting hits home right now. For per- I've got surgery tomorrow. Hmm. Uh, tore my meniscus over 
uh, Labor Day, just messing around on the beach with my brother-in-laws because that's what you do when you're in your 40s and think you're still in your 20s. And then uh, I'm in significant pain, like uh, probably needed a surgery last week, but they want to do it on a game day and it just didn't time out right. And I'm not going to take away a Friday night for myself to take care of myself. And so there's times at practice or even last night in the game where I'm on the sideline and, and I mean, I'm in considerable pain and because I've got surgery coming up, I'm not on any pain medicines right now. So it's kind of like, you just like Jack Youngblood in the Super Bowl, right? You just kind of grin and bear it and get through it. And I mean, I'm probably dumb because tomorrow's Wednesday, so I'll have surgery. And then I'm right back on a bus on Friday. I brought a recliner in my classroom so I can at least <laughs> put my feet up and ice it, you know, because I'm not taking a sick day for this thing. Like right. I'm going to, I'm going to push through it, coach two games on Friday again, but care for the hurting. And when I think about that week five, week seven, everyone's hurting right now, right? Everyone's got some kind of injury that is compounded and they are hurting. So uh, w- whether it's emotionally because they're not having the season that they should statistically, maybe it's physically because, you know, they've been playing scout team all week or uh, like my freshman, we played a game last night in a JV game and we turn around and play a game here in three days. And so it's like, you're hurting physically. That just comes with the sport. Mm-hmm. So care for the hurting. I love it. I think it's, I think it's a great message in week five, week seven, middle of the season. Yeah. And it hit home with me because we had, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year we'd have three seniors that would be out for their year, our starting left tackle, our starting middle linebacker, and our starting tight end, done. And when Lauren was telling me about what Rachel was talking about her team at UNC, said that they would intentionally go and care for those teammates because you're isolated. When you're injured, you're not there with the team meetings and you're not at practice and you're like you're getting on the bus but you haven't interacted or anything and it's a lonely place when you're injured so i think think that and i also think you know when <laughs> you have to go out of your way to make that happen so is that one aspect of filling that balloon as a coach like i have to be intentional in making sure that that part of my balloon is not blown up where it's just winning and culture of the team the unit that's i'm coaching or or i'm in charge of it's caring for the hurting. And then here's the other side of that. What about the guys that don't start for you? Yeah. How are you feeling their balloon? And I think it's just the more I read what you sent me and hearing you explain it on this podcast, it goes in that direction of us being encouragers and leaders. What avenue? Because, look, coaches that are listening to this right now, it's easy to go gravitate to the, the athletes, right? It's so easy. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are, like, not the starters that maybe play six times a season, right, uh, are you reaching them the same as you reach your starters? Um, so, well, go ahead. I think, I think you bring up a really good point, too, about the herding have a balloon, too. Like, we all have our own balloons, right? And so, Jack Youngblood, his balloon is getting fuller and fuller as he's ready to start his NFL career. Everything else is getting pushed aside. What about those kids that the balloon is – getting smaller and smaller Mm. and they're caring less and less about football and are just trying to make it to the end of the season everything else around them is getting bigger but that balloon is getting smaller you know and then i want to bring up what you what you talked about just a little bit ago with the punch punching bag right Mm -hmm. like the balloon that was the puncher that you're kind of put how much pressure till it pops Mm. because i don't know about you but every one of those punching balloons that i had as a kid 
uh, didn't make it beyond an hour. No. Mm-mm. I, I, I mean, the picture I see are those like teal green ones with the yellow string and you're hitting it real hard and it just it pops. Um, but that's so true. Like I think about seniors, I think about our team right now and the quest for four championships. Culture Classroom is sponsored by Pro QuickDraw, the dynamic playbook solution for modern coaches. Let technology work for you with time-saving features to eliminate the busy work so you can spend more time coaching. Our subscription comes with starter templates, stencils, and plays for you to begin building your 2022 playbook quickly. Give us a try for 30 days and keep all the templates you make during your trial. That's Pro Quick Draw. And I told our offensive unit, you know, we had our full disclosure. We had our worst offensive production passing since we've all been here. We threw for 78 yards. We, if you know anything about our team, we throw for 250 plus a night. So, um, coaches meeting on Sunday, kind of revamped everything and looked, and we add, edit, delete. Can some things be meshed together? And I went back and I was like, I'm gonna go back and be real simple and talk about what's important. So I walked in our meeting before Coach Davis walked in, I had a football. I said, how many laces does this thing have on it? Some were like nine, I was like, nope, it's eight. It's eight laces, uh, two white Chris stripes. Chris Ford knows that. Yeah, Chris Ford is really good at knowing that. Uh, built a whole brand on eight laces. Right. Um, and what I started talking to him about, what's the main objective of this? And our quarterback goes, to put that across the goal line is more times than the other team. It's really simple. How do we do that? And that led me to um, something I'm passionate about, and you've helped me and since we started this, and as part of our meeting each other was culture identity. And I think this season, culture identity has pushed back uh, to where, yes, we were separated and being the ARB, but we were this own unit and this. And I was like, guys, it's not even about the ARB this year. And because some of the kids were like, you're not, you're not doing as much with us and all that. I was like, guys, it's all, it's all 11 of us. Like, it's a whole different dynamic with what we're doing. So I haven't scrapped the ARB, but they are, uh, I guess they're in the hangar right now. And we have like this big B-52 bomber that's coming out now, and it's, it's all of us in the cargo. And that's what I told them. I said, look, there is, there's something to be said. We can't do anything without the quarterback. The quarter can't, quarterback can't do anything without the center snap. And then I, I outlined this to them like, oh, it's easy to just throw and catch. I was like, you say that, but let's go through the scenarios. Has to be a good snap for a receiver to get the ball. The, the call has to be, the, the play has to be called. The center has to have a good snap to the quarterback. Then the line has to protect. Then the quarterback has to catch the snap. Then he has to make the right read. Then he has to deliver the throw. And if it's not, then it has to be accurate. And then we have a chance to catch the ball. With four receivers, you got a 25% chance of getting the ball. I said, guys, there are a lot of factors. I said, yes, the ARB is important. I said, but going into the second half of our regular season, it's all 11 of us. So ARB is now A11. And I know that's a familiar offense that people do, A11, all that stuff. Ours stands for 
the all and the two ones stand for the all, and it's A11. It's all 11 of us doing what we can. So, um, I think it's great because, and again, go back to the balloon analogy, and, and I only have a couple minutes here, and i got to go teach my next period. But the balloon analogy, right? The mm-hmm. ARB has been so inflated for so long, and you've had so much production out of that group. Yep. Well, now it's deflated. Yep. Well, that's fine because we're going to funnel that air into something else that's right. bigger and we're going to get that balloon going in the right way again. So I just love it. Like a lot of times as coaches, we wait. And this is where I give Nebraska a lot of a lot of uh, high marks or props or whatever you want to say, because I was talking with an Iowa fan and Iowa staying with their same old quarterback who's struggling right now. Right. Iowa might have the best special teams and defense in the country, but they're staying with this quarterback that's having a hard time finding a rhythm. And that's. Kirk Ferentz is a phenomenal coach, but that's one of his flaws is overloyalty to to certain guys. I mean, at least Nebraska is willing to pull the trigger and make a change with nine games left in the season. Right. Where Iowa's staying with same old, same old, and uh, we hope we're going to figure this thing out. So sometimes coaches, I know we're middle of the year and it's tough to make decisions, but you know, what's better for your team? Is it better to ride out the storm and kind of see what you get and make the most of it? Or is it better to, no, let's change it up and let's switch and let's, uh, let's adapt. I'll tell you this, when I told them that, because I had the whole unit around and their eyes lit up because I think what you just said, the ARB has been so inflated. People want to be a part of that. Well, now they are a part of something and it's all of us. It's all 11 of us doing. Um, So I had a coach that gave me this and it's awesome, and I'm going to tweak it a little bit, but it's um, called Perfect Effort. And it's a sheet, and I'll share it with you. Um, but it has your name. It has the week starting of, so we started this yesterday. Who's your accountability partner? Well, you put on to me that freshmen and seniors are accountability partners and sophomores and juniors are accountability partners. Well, then there's three goals, and there's a result. And this comes from you. Always have a goal and an outcome, right? So practice goal. And what's the result? A team goal, what's the result? And then a game goal and the result. And they're gonna share that with each other. And I think that's one of the biggest things missing from what us, I mean, we're four and two, yes. We're one and oh in the conference, yes, that's great. But how are we impacting and how can they impact each other? And now they're gonna hold each other accountable rather than just saying, hey, hold yourself accountable. So now their balloons are gonna start filling with more than just football. It's, hey, I have to do X, Y, Z because I have a partner that's going to account, like hold me accountable for what I said on this sheet. We're going to push the game outcome aside. Yep. And we're going to inflate other pieces around it that will ultimately impact that. That's right. I love it, Coach. Well, uh, you're killing it, doing great things. As always, um, we were talking yesterday as I'm driving home on the JV bus, you know, with 45 kids and we're dog tired coming coming after a great fourth quarter. But uh it's always great. It's always great to be in the classroom. Always great to talk to you. And you have to let me know how this little project and experiment with the with the A11 goes. Yeah, A11, uh, A11, whatever we're going to call it. Uh, more or less, it's just uh, getting all 11 of those guys on the same page and moving in unison. So, anyway, uh, good luck in your surgery tomorrow. And once again, thank you all for listening to the Culture Classroom.